Need more energy throughout the day? Looking for a kick to your workout? RockinThatIDLife.com has you covered with delicious flavors you've grown to love in tropical fruit and mixed berry, but now fall in love with the new fruit punch and orange flavors. Try them all at RockinThatIDLife.com. Realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage LLC makes the moving process easier. Work with a realtor who plays and studies the game and will work as hard as the boys on the ice to get you the best deal. Check out Mike on the web at strikewithmike.com and jumpstart your move today. That's strikewithmike.com. This is the infamous Kurt Price with Let's Go Blues Radio. Wow, the infamous? And you're listening to the LGB Radio Summer Series. Now here's the infamous Jeff Ponder. Infamous? To discuss your picks for the all-time St. Louis Blues team. Infamous is, is when you're more than famous. Welcome to episode 8 of season 12. This is episode number 417, all-time of the off-imitated never duplicated okay we won a game yesterday if we win today it's called two in a row and if we win again tomorrow it's called a winning streak it has happened before we're the original st louis blues hockey podcast let's go blues radio steven do you get that reference it's familiar to me, but I'm not placing it perfectly, which means I'm a failure in this sense. To me, the greatest sports movie of all time, Major League. Have you ever seen uh, okay. it? Yep, I have seen it. So yep. That is one of my favorites. It's a good one. Yeah, it's great. Yep. And sports uh, movies, though, there's a lot of good options. Oh, I know. And, and like people always want to have that debate. I'm like, no, no, no. There's You don't need to debate. There's so mm. many good ones you can choose from. So yeah. let's all just be happy they exist. That's right. So uh, special thanks to our sponsors, RockinThatIDLife.com, StrikeWithMike.com, and CenterIceBrewery.com for proudly sponsoring the show. Please check them out. Also, don't forget to check out our t-shirt shop at Let'sGoBlues.com for some well-designed and fairly priced blues-themed t-shirts. It's Tuesday, June 13th. We're streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. To interact with the show on social media, our handle on all social channels is LGB Radio. Just search for us and you'll find us. And if you haven't already done so, please like, follow, subscribe, ring the bell, buy a t-shirt from our shop, blast us from your boombox as you roller skate down the boardwalk, or do whatever you can do to help us out. I'm your host, Jeff Ponder, and I'm joined by, well, supposed to be joined by producer Austin, but he is not here, that jerk, as well as a hockey yeah, hound, always incredibly sound. If you need a pitcher, put him on the mound. Two guys, one cup zone, Steven Ground. Wow. There you go. You wow. like that one? Impressive. That was good. I am a lefty, too, so my threshold for getting on the mound, a lot lower than most people. <laughs> All right. Tough. Well, hey, there you go. Maybe the Cardinals could use you, because my yeah. God. 
my dad always said I should be, you know, I should have pitched because your odds of getting into the big weeks as a lefty reliever are like one and two, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Hey, I always say if uh, Randy Choate or Mike Zipchinski can make it, anyone that's right. can. Those guys are World Series champions. So that's right. They are. Oh, God, that's scary. <laughs> uh, uh, Bill Day and Kurt Price are on assignment, apparently so is us, producer Austin. Uh, the agenda for tonight includes discussion about tonight's Stanley Cup final game, as well as revealing your third and fourth picks for the St. Louis Blues, uh, Let's Go Blues Radio all-time team. All that and more on this incredibly insightful episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. So again, as uh, you've heard, and, and now three episodes we've had him on, Stephen Ground from Two Guys, One Cup uh, rejoins the show. We've had a lot of fun with him so far. We thought, you know what, let's have a little bit more fun bring Steven back and uh, and asked him very late because I did have somebody else lined up and something came up. They couldn't do it. So I was like, Steven, you know, he's got no life. He can join That's us, right. right? You nailed it. It's true. <laughs> and it's good. To, it's nice to know I haven't worn out my welcome yet. I usually do it much quicker than this. So Not yet. You're you're close. Maybe <laughs> yeah. this episode. That's probably the one. This will probably push it over the edge. But <laughs> That's right. Nice uh, to do that. Yes, yes. Always good to have you. All joking aside, uh, love love what you guys do over at Two Guys One Cup, and uh, I think you fit in very well as a special guest host. Uh, what did I say? I was going to start calling you a, a guest contributor. Uh, special con- guest contributor. Yes, please. Yes, yeah. there you go. Special guest contributor Stephen Ground. So uh, good to have you back, buddy. Thanks. Thanks again for coming on. Love it anytime. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, it's been a week since we've talked, uh, let's get right into the, well, actually let's do official beers. You forget, you did say you had a beer. I wasn't going to, but you talked me into it. You (laughs) twisted my arm. Uh, we'll start with you, Steven. What are you drinking tonight? Okay. Well, I brought something, you know, last couple of weeks I've been pretty boring. So I brought a, a Florida local beer, Funky Buddha Floridian right here. Funky Buddha is the brewery. They are in Oakland Park, Florida, which is somewhere in florida but this is just a you know your kind of summery hefeweizen white wheat beer very tasty very delicious very very popular local beer down here yeah i uh when i was down so whenever i travel i always try to i always tell like whenever i go to a restaurant or wherever i say you know mm-hmm. you have locally on tap and my favorite by the way side story my favorite was when i was in nashville and, and this girl goes um Ooh. i think we've got bud light Oh, and I'm like, mm, and I even said, I was like, I'm sorry, just in case you ever get asked this question again, Bud Light is not local. That's local to where I'm from, not you. And even we don't consider it local. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't want to consider that one local. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was like, ooh, ooh, that's a, that's tough. That's hard to hear. <laughs> that's a tough look. <laughs> yeah. One of those so, uh, she just started kind of vibes, you know. I'm thinking so. Uh, but yeah, so uh, whatever I went down to Panama, I did ask for um, um, any local beer they had. I am drawing a blank on the one that I got that I really liked. Um, but uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do is when I go to a new place, check out the beer scene. And uh, so that that one you said it's called Funky Buddha. So are they pretty mm-hmm. good in your neck of the woods? Yeah, they're pretty nice. It's uh, like I said, local brewery, but they've got some reach here. Some you know they're in supermarkets and stuff. So cool name, cool can, uh, great beer. Awesome. Well, I'm drinking one I've never had tonight. Um, we have had uh, this is made in Michigan, uh, Saugatuck Brewing, which I think is one of Bill's favorite spots. Uh, mm-hmm. this is called, this is a blueberry lemonade shandy. Ooh, um, and yeah, I, I, 
Yeah, I'm liking the summer beers. I've really been into them, especially the last couple of years. This one, uh, it says tart, crisp, fruity, summer on the brain all year long. Um, oh, here we go. Here's a nice little message. Let's read this. Uh, tastes like summer. You're craving something light-bodied, refreshing, and unique. That's why we created our tasty version of a Rattler with an added twist of blueberry flavor. The tart citrus of lemonade and the tangy freshness of blueberry flavors combine to create a perfectly delightful beer. And it is pretty delightful. This is the first time I've had it. I bought it last Friday, and it's not bad. It's pretty good. That's pretty impressive. You almost convinced me you can actually read. So very nice. Yeah, um, I, I I made that all up on the cuff. <laughs> I forgot to read my can. It says Floridian white wheat beer, an unfiltered German style Hefeweizen brewed to embody the freewheeling spirit of the Sunshine State. So there you go. Well, there you go. I'm a big fan of I, I like the light beers. I'm okay with, but I love the wheat and you know fruity beers, summer beers. You know, I've got I've got too much time. I've got too much. You know, I enjoy my life too much to be drinking IPAs all the time. That's my personal taste. I'm I'm happy for people that enjoy them, but that's just how I feel. You know, I'll have one occasionally, but it's not my not my bag most of the time. I always say the best IPA that I have found, and I'm not just saying this because they're a sponsor, uh, the Beauty at uh, Center Ice Brewery. That mm-hmm. is the best damn IPA in St. Louis for my money, and. Uh, yeah. I think maybe there's three IPAs I'll drink semi-regularly, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan either. Yeah, definitely. And Florida just scored. So I don't know if you have the game on there, Stephen. But, uh, I do not, but I'm glad to hear it. I'd yeah. like them to still make a series of this. I don't too. have a lot of confidence that they will. But No. Yeah, especially <laughs> with uh, Kachuk out this game. That's, uh, yeah. that's That was rough news to see as the he game must started. Be, he must be borderline dead. To not be playing in this game, yeah. Think about uh, what players go through to play in any playoff game, let alone game, uh, you know, potential elimination game in the Stanley Cup final. He must be in a bad, bad way. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, especially considering the type of style he plays and how we hear about those guys, you know, playing. I mean, just think of like Bergeron, what he went through a couple years ago with like a. I forgot what it was a broken rib. Broken and then ribs, like, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as well. Oh, yeah. There was a couple other things going on with them. A collapsed lung, maybe. I can't remember. But yeah, it's crazy. And yeah, the, the type of gamer that Kachuk is for him to not be in this game has to be a pretty serious injury. So yeah. uh, hopefully, if they can extend the series, hopefully he's well enough to see a game six. But Mm-hmm. Um, with this a 2-1 game, 17 minutes left in the second. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, Florida, hoping for a miracle here. Let's put it like that. Yeah, definitely. So we are already talking about the Stanley Cup final. Um, you will probably hear me comment on it a little bit as the game goes on because we are recording right smack dab in the middle of the game. Uh, Vegas up 3-1 in this series. Uh, game 5, as I said, is going on right now. Um so again, two one already in this game. But uh, what do you think, Stephen? Are we going to see the cup raised tonight in Las Vegas? Um, if you'd asked me before this last goal, I would have said definitely yes. Now I feel like Florida—they found a way to battle back so often. I think they could do it one more time. I definitely think Vegas takes the series now. I think it's too big of a mountain to climb for Florida. But man, I—it's uh, been a fun run. It's crazy. This this to me is always just like example and evidence of how insanely difficult this trophy is to win 
Like you think about what Florida's been here, been through to get here, the giants they've slayed along the way, and they still get to the final and face arguably the best team they've played. Yes. Yet, you know, certainly, you know, you wouldn't have said that about Boston coming into the playoffs, but like definitely the team that has endured the team that has matched them on the other side of the bracket. And, you know, they've looked overmatched a lot of the time and, you know, it's crazy that they could fall short after everything they've done, but that's how the Stanley cups work works. Yeah. I, I'll admit, I got a little annoyed with some guys in my hockey league. We all have a Facebook page. Um, a couple of listeners of the show on there, crappy goalie listener, Leon, um, they, uh, there was a couple people talking in there after Vegas went up 2-0. It was like, oh, man, Florida's getting manhandled. And a couple people were commenting like, yeah, it's almost like they're the 17th best team to be in the playoffs. You know, and like comments like that. It's like, mm-hmm. I think they've proven they're past that. Like yeah. the fact that, the again, the giant slayer that they've been taking out Boston, taking out Toronto, who looked like a buzzsaw after the first round. Carolina sweeping Carolina. I mean – Mm-hmm. that's to me. Yeah. Okay. It took a little luck for them to get in the playoffs, but can we not say the same thing about the 2019 St. Louis blues? Can we not say the same thing about yeah. so many other teams that have gone on to win the cup that it took a little luck for them to even get into the playoffs. Once they got there, they were a brand new team. Yeah. Think about the Kings that beat us back in, what was that? 2011, 2012, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Yep. They were an eighth seed as well. And then they were just a juggernaut when they get in postseason you get the right goaltending mix of the right players that are hot and you can make magic happen that's why they play the playoffs you know not to be corny but that's that's the whole point if we just wanted to pick the best regular season team we could have had the bruins raising the cup two months ago and and nobody would have complained you know but here we are yep no i agree i uh i i just think that they've been it's been such a magical run and it how amazing would it be and i know i i'm with you i don't I don't know if it's going to be raised tonight, but I do think Vegas does pull this out. But how amazing would it be if Florida comes in against Boston, the odds on favorite to just whip the shit out of everybody, and they beat them in seven games. They they go down 3-1 in the series, come back and win. Then they do it again in the Stanley Cup final mm-hmm. against the Vegas team. Everybody said nobody was going to beat. So, Absolute chef's guess. Oh, also, be I just best. harbor a deep personal dislike for the Vegas Golden Knights, so it would be particularly uh, pleasurable for me personally. <laughs> me too. Ever just... since, well, I'll say management drives me fucking crazy with that team because they management are just was from the very first off season from after yep. the their first after their first cup run. They just became so cutthroat and so desperate to do anything to win. And, you know, you want to admire it because that's you'd love to see your team go out and make every sexy, splashy move, too, sometimes. But it was just to the point that they were stomping on their own players that had, you know, brought them there. And they sold everything as, like, the lovable misfits in season one. And then they were slashing all those guys' knees out from under them before they could know what hit them. Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, we, we felt, I mean, we, I think the whole league, except for maybe fans of the Pacific division was falling in love with the Vegas golden Knights. I was mm-hmm. in uh, early 2019. I was in New York city and I went to the NHL store and I was looking at all the, like, well, I was looking at just random shit to buy. Cause I'm like, I'm in the NHL store. I'm going to spend all my money. And I went to the hat section. They had a clearance area 
And I'm like, ooh, they've got some of the um, the team branded uh, uh, hockey fights cancer hats. Mm-hmm. And you can only find those like either at that store or like each individual team's arena. So I was like, that's really cool. I'm like, what's my favorite team here? And I'm like, they got a Golden Knights one. Yes, I'm going to buy it. I probably wore that three times before I realized how much I hated the Golden Knights. <laughs> and it's like, damn it. Like, I do want to buy a hat from almost every team in the NHL. But, like, I loved that hat. And I'm like, I uh-huh. can't wear it because I hate the fucking Golden Knights. Yeah. Even that first season, like, just as a bitter non-cup winning yet Blues fan, I was like, this is too much too soon. Screw these guys. <laughs> but it wasn't like a true hatred. It was just like, how did they do this sort of? And then very quickly – just because of management. I mean, I, I don't yes. dislike the players there. Um, I obviously have a lot of love, love Barbashev, adore Barbashev, and have a, a, a disgruntled love for Alex Petrangelo still. But um, yeah, it's just that organization and the fans that have never seen suffering. Blues fans, I think, you, you got ha- to know some pain before you know the ultimate pleasure in the yep. NHL. Blues fans can teach you that, and it doesn't look like the Golden Knights are going to have to. So unless you call last season pain, you know. Well, a season and, and in which they missed the playoffs by like a point and a half and, well, and traded and I think for I, one of the best young stars in the game. I don't remember if it was uh, when you were on or not, but like I brought it up again. The one thing that I point to with the Golden Knights fans is that their local paper, when they missed the playoffs last year, it was the headline literally was another disappointing season for the Golden Knights. <laughs> and I'm like. And like I read the I went to the article, I read like the first two paragraphs and was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's enough. I was like, let's see what the comments are saying. Cause Golden Knights <laughs> fans have gotta be just railing this writer. Oh no, they all agreed. Like, yeah, well, when do we as fans admit that we shouldn't be giving our money to an organization that can't compete in this league? And I'm just like, what? I would have gone. Am I? Did I step into the multiverse here, and I'm uh, in a different universe? Like, what is happening here? I would have gone insane <laughs> if I'd read that. That's oh, I did. Happened. Yeah, I was sitting right in this seat. I believe it was during work <laughs> hours. So, if anybody from work's listening, I apologize. But I'm sitting here going, "Are you mf and kidding me? You mfers!" <laughs> like, I just, I lost it. I'm like, you don't know disappointment. Suck yeah. it up. Absolutely <laughs> awful. Well. Speaking of cup wins, uh, yesterday was a big day in St. Louis. I don't care who you are. It was. Uh, it was what we like to call, thank you, Brett Hall, we went Blues Day. So the Blues won the Stanley Cup exactly four years ago, last night, uh, June 12th, 2019, obviously. Um, you know, the Blues do something with it. They always, you know, they put out a lot of social media stuff, but I know Bally's showed the game again and and they you know there's other events going on i know it was on a saturday recently uh might even been last year and they like had like a full day of events that they were doing to celebrate it um i personally i love it i i love that they celebrate it because it is a big deal in 30 years hopefully the blues have had a couple more cups since then I'm still going to be celebrating We Went Blues Day from June 12th, 2019, because it was our first cup. So I'm all for it. Steven, there's some hate from Blues fans. Not a lot. It's a vocal minority. But there are some people who think it is silly to celebrate. I saw somebody comment something along the lines of, um, why are we looking at the past? We should be looking at the future with these draft picks. Okay, I agree. Let's look to the future. 
But to me, I think this is something you still celebrate as a fan base. Steven, please feel free to disagree with me, but um, I'm going to guess you're an intelligent person and you don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you already know that I don't. I mean, it's, there are some people, and I think this is true of any fan base. I like to personalize it to ours because that's the one that you and I deal with on social media on a daily basis. But there are some people in this fan base who just don't, it feels like they just don't want to have fun. Mm-hmm. It's like... Um, it, they, you know, it's like the team sucks and they won't let you talk about a rebuild, which is to me is fun. Like if you're if you're going to be bad anyway, let's start to think about the future and let's start to get excited about draft picks and prospects and stuff. And the team's good. They'll focus on the flaws. And then, yeah, we waited 50 plus years for a Stanley Cup. I waited 32 years. You waited like 65, is it? I don't know. Somewhere in there. 66. Like, yeah. yeah give or take. But, um, but we waited 50 plus years as a city, as a franchise, as an organization for a Stanley Cup. And um, why would we stop celebrating it just four years after it finally happened? Which, by the way, is wild. Four years seems unbelievable. Although, to be fair, two of those years were kind of deleted from history. So, Mm -hmm. you know, to be, be completely fair, when we talk about time flying in the last half decade, there's a particular reason for that, I feel like. But Yes. um, But... Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not like I went, I didn't go out and get hammered and run through the streets like it was the parade all over again. But I threw up some tweets and I watched some videos and I smiled some smiles. And uh, I believe Ian shed some tears. I'm much more masculine than him. So I didn't. Do yes, that. you but, are. You know, yeah, it's right. 100%. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, why would you not celebrate? I can't imagine why you wouldn't celebrate that. The only situation I could see, even thinking that thought is if you were actively in the Stanley cup finals and you were trying to say, okay, let's not get distracted. But even then you're not a player, you know, you're not on the team. Vegas just scored. Uh, they're, they're uh. Goal, so that's not looking great. Um, you're not on the team. You're not going to affect how they perform by thinking about January, January 6th. Wow. That was a left turn. <laughs> <laughs> we're a live show here, Steven. That's staying in. June twelfth. That was unreal. I don't know where that came from. Incredible. So, how hard do you celebrate January sixth, Stephen? <laughs> that is like, uh, that's just like a date that I guess is permanently fixed in my brain. Good lord, June twelfth, twenty nineteen. Oh wow. Okay, I've got to prepare some strongly worded uh, retractions and apologies for social media. But in any case. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I just don't get the the fuddy duddying, if you will, of of people that don't want to celebrate that. If you don't want to, fine. But let other people have their fun and celebrate. The Blues fans didn't have a lot to celebrate this year, and they haven't had a lot to celebrate so far this summer. Just let them have their fun. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Like I, I guess part of me understands being like, I don't want to remember the past. I just want to look to the future. Mark McGuire, I guess, is ingrained in people's minds. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I, I don't, if you don't want to, fine. But to like poo poo everybody on social media, like the Blues made a post about it and they showed players lifting the cup and Chief lifting the cup and people just going on there. And I saw some reactions of like anger. And I'm just like, what, what are we doing here? Like, why are you basically saying it's not okay to celebrate? 
what is one of the biggest, let's face it, Stephen, one of the biggest moments of all of our lives. Mm. Like, I know that it's silly to say this about a sports franchise, but I mean, at the end of the day, come on, that was massive. And for me personally, um, you know, my dad, unfortunately, the reason I'm a hockey fan is because of him. He wasn't able to celebrate in 2019. He was not around. And so I feel like I owe it to him in a certain way to remember that day and say, and think of all the people, Barkley Plager, Bob Gassoff, they were even part of this organization that didn't get to witness it. And we should remember it for people like them and just for ourselves. I, I look around me here. I mean, I've got Stanley cup shit galore and in front of me. So I'm going to celebrate that day the rest of my life. And I don't think that there anyone should have a problem with that. Las Vegas is about to have Stanley cup shit galore too, as they've just made it four to one. Florida yep. looked absolutely lifeless on that stretch, too. Um, yep. Fun fact, Alec Martinez just scored the third goal. So if Florida scores another goal, that will be the second Stanley Cup clinching goal of Alec Martinez's career after scoring the one that won the Stanley Cup in 2014. So there's a fun stat. Yeah, I, they popped it up on the screen. I'm not. He's got to he's got to be the only guy that's done that for two franchises. If that happens, right? I, unless Messier did it. Messier might have. Yeah, but. Messier. Maybe maybe Claude Lemieux? Because I know yeah. he's won a couple cups with different teams. He's certainly the most random guy. To do yes. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty confident in that. I do love, that's one of my, not to get too sidetracked, but one of my favorite sports things is those kind of like the Fernando Tatis statistic. You know, a guy that oh, you yeah. would not know for any other, with due respect, and I guess you'd know him now because of his progeny, but you wouldn't know for any other reason other than this one moment with his whole athletic career built up to a moment that took 13 minutes, maybe 15, 20 minutes, whatever, um, you know, and that's something that he'll have forever to hang his hat on. Uh, but yeah, finally, just to go back to wrap up, like to me, that's why you celebrate anything. You, you celebrate independence day, not because there aren't <laughs> wars to be won in the future or whatever, you know, but because that was a really cool one that we did for, you know, a really important reason and whatever, you know, I'm not trying to wax poetic about independence day, but like, that's why you remember birthdays and anniversaries and stuff. It's not, not to live in the past, but it's just to celebrate your accomplishments and remember the good times and be happy and, you know, use those same, remember how good that felt and think about how good it would feel to do it again. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously again, we can't impact that really as fans, but like, you can push the organization to be better and improve and, and push for those heights again and not become the Cardinals, you know? Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, I made a couple, the opening line for major league was uh, because I was watching the Cardinals and that, that line came to me. Like if they win two games in a row and then they win a third, that's a winning streak. And I was thinking that like, as I was typing this out and I was like, I should use that. I don't, um, so yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to get sidetracked. You can stop me immediately, but there are a few people I contempt more in this world right now than John Mazalek. I just, <laughs> I've never, I've never really liked him, but this season it's gone from like a strong dislike to just unabashed hatred. I feel, yeah. I almost feel bad. I feel almost guilty. Like, you know, try to love your neighbor, all that stuff. Like try to be better, but I can't. He's always just come off as very arrogant. 
Yes. Yes. And yes. arrogant. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I hate that. And maybe it's just purely the bow tie. I don't know. But yeah, that's how I've no, always read him. He always talks like he like the fans are just the unwashed masses and they're they don't they don't see the game on his brilliant level and they'll say stuff like, Well, we just gotta be patient. Meanwhile, the record's twenty one and forty four. He's like, We know we have a good team here. And I'm like, Bro, no, we don't. No, you look at we do you not. Can, you can say that after a two two week bad stretch, maybe, but not after three months, you know, like we have a bad team. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, and, there needs and the to be reason changes. it's obvious are the same reasons all the fans were pointing to in the summer. We didn't have mm-hmm. starting pitching. We don't have a shortstop. Like these were not these were not guarded secrets. That yeah, anyway, yeah. It's it's not, not just that like baseball podcast, but it's it's not just that like Goldschmidt and Arenado and all these guys are hitting like one hundred. Okay, you can yeah. point to that and say nobody saw that coming. <laughs> right, we're shitty because of that. No, it's because of everything everybody said that needs to happen over the winter, and it didn't yeah. fucking happen. Not to mention just the brutal mismanagement throughout the season, randomly sending Mocker down, the whole Contreras saga, the whole O'Neill saga. Like, you've lived like three seasons worth of ridiculous, dramatic episodes, and it's not even been three months. It's just yep. a train wreck. Anyway, yep. apologies for that. Oh, you're okay. We are all about the crazy tangents here. On the <laughs> you fit right in, sir. Um, well, well uh, guest contributor here at Let's special Go guest Radio, contributor. So. Wow, thank yeah. you. That's right. That's right. Get it right. Uh, well, <laughs> we uh, we we've well. You, are you ready to reveal some awesome players that uh, maybe people will be surprised about? Because that's coming up next. I'm eager. I'm not sure I'm emotionally ready, but I'm 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 excited to get into it. All right. Well, here we go, boys. We are going to. Uh, I say, boys, like uh, Austin's here. He's not dickhead. Sorry. Um, yeah. Some <laughs> people right, boy. actually show just... up when they agree to. You know. Yeah. Right. Right. Maybe he's going to show him, up at nine fifteen. But. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are going to take a quick break. Uh, hear from our wonderful sponsors, and when we come back. Uh, Steven and I will be talking about uh, the third and fourth left wingers on the Blues all-time team voted by you. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we'll talk all about it here on Let's Go Blues Radio. We'll return after these messages. Every beer league hockey night, I grab my hockey bag and sticks and throw them in the trunk of my car. And the very next thing I do... I mix up a boost of energy courtesy of RockinThatIDLife.com. It's formulated to break up its delivery in three ways, which helps me get through all three periods of hockey. Phase 1 provides a rapid onset of energy, concentration, alertness, and motivation. By period 2, I'm receiving a dose of sustained energy, increased focus, metabolism, cognitive function performance, and feelings of well-being, which I need with the way I play. In Phase 3, I'm getting fatigue protection without jitters and crash, an elevated mood and a reduction of fluid retention to help me make the big play when it counts. This same triphasic approach helps me when I drink it during work hours or simply just for a pick-me-up when I need it. Try one of the four energy flavors by visiting rockinthatidlife.com, but make sure to email Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Centerized Brewery is a beer-lover's dream for hockey fans. Based in St. Louis, Missouri, owner Steve Albers has been brewing hockey-themed favorites for thirsty sports fans since 2017. 
From the Beauty IPA to the Old Arena Lager, a cold, frosty, hockey-themed beer is just what the doctor ordered for hockey fans in St. Louis. Make sure to check your local beer store for Center Ice Brewery Beer today. LGB, let's go beer. During the magical 2019 playoff run, I was in the midst of buying my current home. Every time I spoke with my realtor, obviously, home buying was the discussion. But in the back of my mind, I couldn't stop thinking about what was destined to happen for our St. Louis hockey team. If only there were a realtor who could have walked me through the process, held my hand when needed, but was there to be a sounding board when I wanted to complain about a certain hand pass goal. Let realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage be that for you. He'll have your needs top of mind as he skates you through the home buying or selling process, dangling you past any obstacles and assisting on all your home goals. Check out strikewithmike.com for more information or give him a call directly at 314-753-4060. That's Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage at strikewithmike.com and that number again is 314-753-4060. Don't forget to tell Mike that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And now, back to Let's Go Blues Radio, the longest-running St. Louis Blues podcast with Price, Ponder, and Day. You know, for the summer, I was going to re-record that bring back, whatever that's called. I know it's called something. Um, And because it's like, oh, you know, usually Bill and and Kurt aren't here. Uh, Yeah, I never did it. So (laughs) now we're in June and I'm like, is it worth getting somebody else to record it? Or I just keep rolling with it. We're already eight episodes in, right? Yeah. (laughs) I'm happy to do it as a special guest contributor. If you ever need one, you know, I can throw my voice up an octave and say something, you know, (laughs) there you go. I'm not not doing that. Let's go beer commercial though. That's way too sexual. So, um, I gotta say, man, that one, when Kurt, cause Kurt unveiled it to Bill and I, uh, live, we had not heard it before, uh-huh. and it came on during one of the commercials, and it shot both of us off guard. We're like, "Whoa, uh, give me a minute! Holy cow! <laughs> like, great stuff! Thank you, Kurt." Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, we are uh, getting into unveiling your. So last week we unveiled the first two left wings of the team. Now we're getting into three and four. And I also want to add, uh, coming out of break here, is it five to one now? God, I oh, it is. is it? Yeah, it's oh, five to one, okay. Vegas. I I think we're going to see uh, Petrangelo lift his second cup, Blues fans. <gasps> yep. Can't yep. do it. Can't yep. take it. He might, it might have to be turned off before that happens, because I don't think Alex, I can watch it. Alex Petrangelo of the National Hockey League, according to um, – Honda or whoever it was. I didn't. You, uh, you remember that he recorded a commercial, and I think it was like, I think it was the summer of his free agency. But he was already in the desert because, like, he's driving in the desert in the commercial. And instead of saying like Alex Petrangelo, Vegas Golden Knights, it said something like Alex Petrangelo, National Hockey League, <laughs> or like I don't Hockey remember League. that. I don't oh, remember man. why people were so like amused by it, but I do remember people talking about it. I'll have to look that up. I don't remember that. Um, but what I was going to say was that uh, I think uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you're like, 
man, they are just ignoring all the comments. Uh, we are recording much earlier tonight than we normally do. We started at eight o'clock. Well, by eight fifteen, um, which is about an hour early for us. And I think it caught our audience off guard. So, uh, <laughs> but if but if you are listening live, remember we got that chat there. So, over if you might be on Twitter, I don't think you can do it on Twitter. But you can go over to our Facebook or our YouTube pages and comment live on these as we go through them. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's it's bare bones right now, Stephen. I don't think everybody was ready for that uh, that early. <laughs> oh, thank you. I wish yeah, I could show these. There's some comments <laughs> popping up now. All of a sudden, I don't know. Yeah, they're they're, they're in our private one. It says <laughs> Jeff is great, so handsome. Man, I wonder who wrote those. That's amazing. I don't know. Thank but you. Pretty complimentary. Uh, oh very sincere uh so again last week we did unveil the first two it was keith kachuk and pavel dimitro were one and two uh on the 35th anniversary team kachuk was three dimitro was four but they jumped ahead two spots when that happened so that 35th anniversary team put up by the blues in 2002 had brian sutter brendan shanahan keith kachuk pavel dimitra Again, Chuck and Demetra make the new roster here for Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, so do Sutter and Shanahan make it here as the three and four left wings, or does a new face uh, join the roster? So we will see your reveal number one. Yes, folks, your third left winger is a new face than we saw in 2002. It is David Perron. So David Perron joins this roster as your third left wing. He was a 2020 All-Star for the St. Louis Blues. Obviously a 2019 Stanley Cup champion. Best season as a Blue came in 2017-2018 when he played in 70 games, uh, 16 goals, 50 assists for 66 points. Uh, That was his second go-around for the Blues, so right before he was selected by the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, Is that right? 2017-18? Wait a minute. Am I off on that? That was his third go-around. That would have been uh, no, no. Game. He would have been 2017-18 was his season with the Golden Knights, right? That yep, was I got the wrong year, clearly. Because <laughs> yes, you're right. That was the year they went to the Stanley Cup final. So I never know seasons of of stuff. So that's I'm proud of myself for that one. No, so that was his uh, one, one year stop between uh, trips two and three to the Blues. That's correct. So that was his best season overall, and that was with the Golden Knights. So I his got best that. Blues season would have been eleven or twenty one, twenty two, right? I think nineteen twenty was his best as a Blue. Okay. Uh yeah. So sorry about that. Seventy one games played, twenty five goals, thirty five assists for sixty points. That was his best season as a St. Louis Blues. So my apologies Just- for that. Just absolutely crazy the number he's numbers he put up in the you know, later half of his career. I know really it's, has he's gotten, he's gotten better, better as he's gotten older. This a past real season, Joe time. yeah, he really is. Yeah. This past season with Detroit, 82 games played the whole season. That's that right. There is an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, 24 goals, 32 assists, 56 points. That's still pretty damn good. Yeah. He so, just needs uh, to play as long as Gordy Howe and he'll be all the famer. There you go. There you go. We'll see Win a couple more cups. Uh, so blues stats, uh, he's actually kind of in a lot, uh, which kind of surprised me, uh, to a certain extent, uh, number nine in games played at 673, number nine in goals at 196, number eight in points at 465, number 10 in plus minus with a plus 62, 
number eight in even strength goals at 138, number 10 in power play goals at 55, and he was tied at seven uh, for game-winning goals with 29. So a lot of people, I think, are hoping that he builds on those numbers someday, that we see him come back for a fourth go-around. We'll see if that ever happens. But uh, what are your thoughts on David Perron stepping in as the number three left wing on this team? Um, this is, I feel weird because there is, there's no bigger David Perron fan than yours truly. Um, I think I put him very high in my rankings. I would assume, uh, I love him. I, I wish he was still here. I will give my thoughts about his departure here in a minute, if you'll allow me. Um, but this still feels weird. Like, you know, now without revealing who is number four here that one of or two of Steen Shanahan and Sutter are going to be left out. Um, and I, now when I look in hindsight, I'm sure I probably did rank Peron above some or most of those guys, but when you say it like that, it feels a little weird. Um, and I think it's, you know, again, all due respect to David Peron, absolutely adore him. Maybe my personal favorite blue ever. But when you look at those names that he's beat out, kind of crazy, man. And that, that is absolutely, with due respect to him, the power of recency bias. And people who are pissed about his departure, which, again, to me, giving Nick Letty David Perron's money, I know it's not as simple as just, you know, one-to-one, but the worst decision, maybe, that Doug Armstrong has made. I mean, shockingly bad decision-making. <laughs> Not even yeah. just letting Perron go, but the idea of investing in Letty for four years, so transparently bad from the very beginning. So Yeah, I, I, I did not like the length. I understood mm-hmm. getting Letty back because I thought he was great. No, I don't want to say great. He was good for the Blues. He was what they needed with Pareko. You know, it, you could only put in so many Band-Aids on this defense. And I That's feel like so he was the the best band-aid they could find and right. Vegas just scored again. It is six to one. Oh God. I hate that. I wish it was yep. closed. Um, yeah. I wrote an article for the hockey writers, not to toot my own horn, but right after they made that signing, I talked about um, that they risked repeating the Scandella uh, mistake with Letty. I, I always know when I've thought about an article and patted myself on the back for an article a lot, because I remember the titles pretty vividly when I do that. But, um, but I mean, I think I, I think I kind of hit the nail on the head. It was the exact same scenario. You trade for a guy with historically not very impressive numbers. He comes here. He's pretty solid in 20 or 30 games of work, you know, helps you down the stretch, helps you get into the playoffs. Like, okay in the playoffs and then you sign him to a big three or four year extension when you've got other people who need money too and to me it's just you know it's it it doesn't make sense always to be the vegas golden knights or you know makes a lot of sense to be them right now or the toronto maple Leafs (laughs) to look at a worse example and trade for everybody at the deadline knowing you can't keep any of them you can't do that all the time you can't get rentals every year but doug doesn't ever want to get rentals and bro, sometimes a rental's okay. Like sometimes you need that extra body for 30 games and you don't need to make a half decade commitment to that guy just because he's there and you already paid a security deposit on him, which is basically well, what assets at the deadline are, you know, like 
you don't and, have and to I'll, do that all the time. I'll say that I, I, I okay, I like the the trade. Actually, mm-hmm. it's funny because I think I think even a year later we look at it and say Jake Wallman might have been what Letty was. Like you, oh, you already yeah. already right there, had kind a of questioning season. that. But I, but I, the, yes, right, he did. Right, right. But I will say that I think at the time it was the right trade to make. Um, and I just think it was the necessary trade. So I was yeah. okay with it. But, and then when he signed him and I heard like, I remember seeing a tweet, I think it was actually from, might've been Bruce, uh, uh, Gary Osh. I don't know. That's not sure mm-hmm. I say his name, but I remember I seeing that. like reported or hearing that Letty is back with the blues. And I remember seeing that on July 1st and being like, okay, I'm okay with this. Let's see what the term is. And even the money per season, like if it was a one or two year contract and what he was paid, okay, I'm fine with that. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it's a bad investment, you're it's out of your lap in two years. Fine. But when I saw how long the fucking deal was, how much he was getting, and he got a no trade clause, I'm like, what are we doing here? What but, is this? But we couldn't give Alex Petrano a no movement clause. Don't forget about that. Can't do it. Again. Man, um, that's what I keep saying, man, is like you, you fucking at the time I was like, it's fine. Don't give the guy a no movement. But then you go out and give no trade clauses to every one of your other defensemen. Yeah. Give yeah. me Petro what a no movement clause over all yeah. those two times Stanley oh. Cup winner. Alex Petrangelo. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, and like, look at away it. from that. Jake Wallman, the next three years for three point four million, I would in a heartbeat take that over. Uh, Nick Letty for four million for three more years. Like Nick Letty was the own goal king this year. Uh huh. Of course. My goodness. That whole defense so tragic. But that's not what we're here to talk about, Jeff. We're no, here to talk it's about not. David Perron. Happy. That's my happy. fault. Uh, <laughs> let me say the positive things about David Perron. This is a guy that to this day lives and dies by the St. Louis Blues. In fact, to tie things back to our earlier conversation, I believe he retweeted the video of the Chris Kerber call last yesterday and, and tweeted it. We went blues. Uh, he's a St. Louis guy. I think he'll probably, whether or not he returns here, I think he'll um, probably spend his retirement years here if he does that in the U S. Um, and I think, you know, I think there's very possibly a role for him in the organization going forward. Um, you know, I think he, uh, to tie it back to a conversation we had not that long ago, I think he has some potential to be kind of that Bobby Flager type of a guy that just embodies what the Blues love and embodies St. Louis, even though he's not from here, which, of course, Bobby wasn't either originally. Um, You know, just you just can't get a a more decent guy, a more pure guy, a more, you know, honest, hardworking, blue-collar, stupid penalties in the offensive zone kind of guy (laughs) than David Perron. And it's so funny when you think back to him, starting with white skates, you know, and immediately getting under the skin of, was it Keenan all the way back then? Who was it? It was some, Oh, it was, uh, it was, um, uh, Davis uh, Payne, maybe no Andy Murray. Murray. There we go. I'm trying to rack my brains, but you think all the way back to him being part of that initial group and being one of the first guys from that kind of Bacchus scene, Oshi era to, to get the axe, so to speak. And like, bear the sins of the rest of the team and be shipped off to Edmonton. And he never lost his love for the organization. He came back as a free agent, signed a contract that he had to know 
exposed him to the expansion draft when he signed it. I mean, that was obviously part of the thinking there. Uh, let them let let Armstrong expose him and let him leave for the expansion draft, and then still resigned again and was a huge part of winning the team a cup. Was a huge, you know, was one of our best players that season. Was even better the next two seasons. Formed that tight, you know, lovable instagram worthy friendship with ryan o'reilly like just as good as it gets as a player um and as lovable as it gets as a fan and and you know one of those guys that i understand i was one of the people that that was very sad to see him go i still think you know i i think it was a mistake to let him go independent of signing money i think that's a guy you're you're creeping into negative tory steven negative you're You're getting there again but I'm just saying, I think that's a guy you keep around. I'm a, it's a shame that we lost him, but whether he comes back or not, um, certainly, certainly an all time great blue. Um, just the only thing that surprises me is who he's ahead of on this list. Yeah, I was gonna and, say, and only- to be fair, I think he might deserve to be ahead of some of the guys he's behind, but yeah. the people he's ahead of, uh, as it stands, the people we already know he's ahead of, crazy. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, well, first of all, if you want to talk about, you mentioned early on that you uh, think you had him pretty high ranked. You did. You had Steen as number one, who is still not on this this team mm-hmm. yet. Brian Sutter at number two, who is still not on this team yet. <laughs> and and then you had David Perron at number three. I had him at I number four. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you nailed, yeah, you knew where he belonged. I don't know yeah. why I even bother talking. I nailed it. Yeah, right. That's all you need to say. No, I, I had him as number four when I ranked him. Um, let's see. Let's let's just take a quick look here. Who else had him as number three? Uh, Bill Day had him as three. And that's it. You and Bill. You're the only you ones think, that called it. I mean, knowing even just what we know now, do you think when we look back at this whole project, once it's done, left wing is going to be the wildest position in terms of who ended up where? I tell it's you what. It's got to be, right? Yeah, well, Senate, you got to figure it's going to be tough. We're going to get there later. But. Right. You got to figure that, you know, we talked about the no brainers on defense. And I think a yeah. lot of the names are the only ones that kind of really only one that you can kind of make a case maybe was a little wild was Jay Bomeister, just because mm-hmm. he was kind of a whipping boy for a while and, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't really a fan favorite until the very end. Um, so that's the only one that kind of wasn't a no-brainer in all the defense. Uh, you know, the Plaguers, Pronger, McKinnis, Petro, all those guys belong there. Um, you know, right wing, let's face it, we haven't announced it yet. Brett Hall's going to make it. Center, <laughs> Bernie Federko is going to make it. I mean, there's going to be some no-brainers. I feel like at left wing, yes, you've got some guys that are like no-brainers, but guess what? Some of those no-brainers might not make the team. Mm-hmm. It's fucking crazy. I like, would say at least two potential no-brainers are definitely spot, not going to make the team. We've got one spot open, and I'll tell you, uh, the fact that Brian Sutter's name, Alexander Steen's name, and Brendan Shanahan's name have not been mentioned yet is fucking crazy. I I will say, like, I thought I was being so spicy putting Steen over Sutter because I thought everybody would put Sutter first. I thought that oh, was yeah. a given. You know, like I thought that was a locked in given. And the fact that his name hasn't even been said yet. Yeah. It's crazy. But, but anyway, my thoughts on David Perron, one of my favorites of all time as well. Um, He, so actually just a a quick personal story. 
And it's something that I will take to my my deathbed. Like this is a story I'm going to remember, like it was yesterday, the rest of my life. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Do you have a crystal ball? Holy shit! (laughs) So mean. I need to start traveling, man. Yeah. Well, don't don't do it in the next two weeks. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Actually, maybe I shouldn't travel. Maybe that's what kills me. Yeah. (laughs) But um, no, I uh, uh, the the thing that that about David Perron. For me personally, was that, um, and I know I've told this on the, on the show before, that my first game in the media was his first game back after the concussion. Uh, it was a ninety, I want to say ninety six games. I could be wrong on that. That he missed uh, after the Joe Thornton hit, uh, spanned two seasons, and I remember just you know being up in the press box. And I'm trying to take all of it in. Like, it's just, there's so much going on. It's, you know, for me, it was like my life goal to get there. So I'm sitting there, like, I'm trying to understand, like, what do I need to do? What am I allowed to do? What am I not allowed to do? And the next thing I know, um, you know, David Perron, clearly, he's been the talk of the news all day because they knew he was coming back. David Perron scores. It's against the Chicago Blackhawks. He scores in... Was it his second shift uh, pretty early in the game? And I had just had a conversation with friend of the show, Andy Strickland. I had, I had set, I was sitting next to him and he was giving me all these great pointers about like, you know, don't do this. You can do that. Don't do that. Do this. And one of the things he said, rule number one, do not applaud. And he's like, you can't applaud. He's like, if you want to like kind of give like a little fist bump or something, fine. But like, no clapping, no standing and cheering. And I'm like, yeah, dude, no problem. I get it. And then David Perron scores. And I'm just like taken back. I look around, everyone's standing and applauding. And I'm like, even Blackhawks reporters are standing and applauding. And I'm like, I look at Andy and I'm like, dude. And he just goes, oh, this, this is okay. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you just told me not to do this. So, and and then cool. it was another thing too, at the end of the game where I was like, I'm not going down to the press. I'm not going to down an interview in the locker room. Just like, I want to take it piece by piece. And Strickland was like, no, you're going to the locker room with me. And I'm like, okay, I'll go. And of course I walk in only player sitting there is David Perron. So he's mm-hmm. the first person I've ever interviewed as a member of the media and just, you know, humble as can be super nice guy. Got to know him slightly a little bit more throughout the years as I was doing the media and just one of my favorite people to talk to. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've got a little bit more of a, a personal attachment to him. He's tied into a lot of important things in my life. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that moment when he scored that goal and just jubilation. I mean, it was like yeah. the Blues had won the cup. I remember seeing all the fans, even, again, Blackhawks fans below us, standing up and applauding. I mean, it was such mm-hmm. an amazing moment, and it's one – that unfortunately I think is forgotten in blues yeah. lore. I'm how glad you great of a that moment that was. Because I've almost forgotten the concussion. And first of all, while we're on the subject, fuck Joe Thornton forever. Um, <laughs> I'm glad he retired without a cup. Screw him. Those were the worst <laughs> for those five or six years where he was always the guy where they were like, how can he not win a cup? This has to be the year. I'm like, fuck this guy. It was always, <laughs> it's always funny too. Cause like, it's such a St. Louis thing. 
And there's like Puck Soup podcast. I know I've heard several times where they'll bring him up and they'll be like, everybody loves this guy except St. Louis. We know about David Perron. Don't tweet us. And I'm like, yeah, you got that right. Uh, But no, like, I mean, that was, you legitimately thought his career might be cut down before it even really got started. Um, And now it's been so long that he's been back that you almost forget. And this is the guy that, probably going to retire with 1200 plus games played. You know, he's got 1055 now, 721 points. He's probably going to get to 800 in his career. Um, not a hall of famer, but a cup winner, uh, a, a, you know, illustrious career in the NHL. Very few people get to play 1200 games. I mean, that got, that number has got to be, if it's not under a hundred people, it's still got to be under 200 people. Um, I'm sure I can look it up here in a minute. And um, almost all of that with the Blues, I think if he'd had his choice, none of it would have been anywhere else. Um, and, you know, he called, he called uh, when he came back, either the second or the third time, he was like, this was the city that raised me and that made me a man. And, you know, that's a story that we both share as well. And a lot of St. Louis and share. And, you know, it's very easy to love David Perron. And he certainly deserves a spot on this list in my in my yeah, and let's let's run down the list here real quick of of so that year was 2010 2011 when he had the concussion. So uh, he played ten games that year. That was the tenth game that happened. Knocked out the rest mm-hmm. of the season. Eleven twelve comes back midway. I think it was it was November. I used to know the, actually the exact dates right here. I've got my first game card. Um, December third. It was December third, 2011. He came back, finished the year. Fittingly, 57 games played. Uh, the next year was a lockout season. Played all 48 games. The next year, 81. And let's run down the list here real quick. 81, 71, 82, 70, 57. And that was the, no, wait, that was that was an injury year. Uh, 71, 56, oh, 67. Lockout year? lockout year would have been. 13, what? 14, right? 13, 14, that would have been. 12, 13, Early. that was 48 okay. games. Okay. So yeah, 71 games in 2019, 20, 56, 67, 82 last year. So the fact that this guy came back from, because I remember you, you're right. I remember reading the Rutherford chats in STL today and people asking almost every chat, is David Perron's career over? Are they just mm-hmm. not admitting it yet? And we all thought this dude, his he's done. Look at what he's done since then. I mean, like, as we said earlier, he's only gotten better as he's gotten older. Yep, so absolutely. he is he hasn't just put that 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 concussion behind him and moved on and played pretty good hockey. He's played great hockey. So you got to respect the the resiliency from this guy to come back from that and be an an excellent hockey player. Yeah. And to uh, answer the earlier trivia question, 128 players have played 1,200 games or more. Owen Nolan played exactly 1,200. Keith Kachuk played 1,201. There are a couple of uh, current players ahead of him, Sidney Crosby, Patrick Kane. Obviously, we'll both get there, Jordan Stahl and Milan Lucic. But he's going to be one of the first 150 players, presuming he plays two more healthy seasons, to get to 120 games, uh, or 1,200 games, rather. And uh, that's pretty darn impressive in my book. Yep. So definitely a... Uh, not a Hall of Famer, but a Blues Hall of Famer probably one day. Oh yeah, I, I think I think when it comes to that, we'll we'll talk. You know, I'm sure as the, the the summer rolls along, they'll release another ballot for the Blues Hall of Fame. 
once he's retired, I think he's a shoe in. Um, yeah. There's a couple guys we've already talked about tonight that I think fit the profile too, but he's definitely one of them. Um, you know, and let's just face it, that cup team, you get ranked a little higher automatically because of that. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact that he came back so many times and it was such a part of big part of many different blues teams, um, he's, he's a shoe in. He will be in the blues hall of fame within five years of retiring. Oh, of course. Absolutely. So let's move on to our second reveal. So again, of that 35 year team, Brian Sutter and Brendan Shanahan remain. We've got a couple other guys. I know Alexander Steen is a guy we've talked about. He remains. So who is our last reveal for tonight? The last left wing on the roster, the checking line left wing, if you will, Brian Sutter. So he does make the team, but he drops from one to four from that 35th anniversary team. He uh, his, whole, his whole career, which people forget this because there were so many Sutters floating around the NHL. <laughs> um, he played his entire career with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, so literally in all-time blue. Uh, his stats with the Blues, which we went through Perron's, well, he's got a lot of similar <laughs> stats to him in terms of where he's at in Blues lore but he's much higher. So we talk about recency bias. There's definitely some recency bias here. The fact that Perron ranks higher than Sutter, but still Sutter's on the team. That's what matters. Uh, He is number three in games played at 779, number three in goals at 303, number four in assists at 333. God, lots of threes. Number three (laughs) in points with 636, number one in penalty minutes with 1,786, he has over 300 penalty minutes more than the second place player, which is Kelly Chase at 1,497. Uh, he is number five in even strength goals at 193, number three in power play goals at 107, tied uh, actually tied with David Perron and a few others at number seven in game winning goals at 29, number eight all time in shots at 1,685. Uh, he has played also. I'm sorry. He has also coached the Blues. Uh, Coach from 1989 to 1992. Blues fans might remember the uh, the the public uh, arguments that him and Brett Hall would get into. Uh, but uh, 320 games as a coach, 153, 124, and 43 record for the St. Louis Blues. So Brian Sutter is your last left wing. We'll talk about who didn't make it here in a couple of minutes, but uh, let's go ahead and discuss Brian Sutter. Steven, I know you didn't get to see him play. But being a Blues fan, knowing of the lore of the retired numbers, I'm sure you uh, you know plenty about Brian Sutter's heyday here in St. Louis. Yeah, uh, absolutely shocked that he wasn't the first pick on this list. And that's, I, I said it earlier, I put Steen first, uh, but I put Steen first. No, I think I texted you. I'm going to be a little controversial here because I thought it was a shoo-in. I thought everybody would put Sutter at first. Um, longest tenured blues captain by far, which I think is something you didn't mention in your list. Um, but he not. served as captain from 1979 to 1988. He was the captain over all of Federico's years, pretty much, except Federico had 88, 89 before he went to the Red Wings. Um, so he had a one year captaincy, but Sutter was his captain throughout his career, and Federico, I think we would all agree is the best on ice blue of all time, at least to this point, um, at least offensively, maybe you could argue for Pronger or McInnes, uh on that, but, um, or Hall, but 
Federico is, you know, the best all-around center at the very least. That's getting ahead to next week. In any case, Sutter up there all-time, everything. Uh, like you said, his entire career with the Blues, which is true of almost no other players, I hate to say, but like very, very, very few players that have played their whole career with the Blues and certainly none of his magnitude. You know, Federico did play the one season with the Red Wings and has since said that he regrets doing that. Um, but Hall obviously moved on to the Stars and then the Red Wings. Pronger was on several different teams. McKinnis on several different teams. Um, you, know, you mentioned guy, Hall. You forgot to mention the Coyotes. That's true. You're right. My apology. <laughs> he uh, played what, one game, right? Yeah, maybe maybe two. <laughs> Mia Culpa on that one. Um, who was it? Was it Scotty Gomez who played two games here? And even scored a goal and then was like, nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. No, it like was uh, Martin Havlat. Martin Havlat. That's here it is. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. right. Scotty Gomez, I think, played most of the season. But Martin Havlat. Yep. That's the one. Anyway, uh, Sutter, when you're talking number three in games played behind only Federico and I can't even tell you at the moment. My brain's blanking on who would have been ahead of him as well. Um, but uh games you know, played oh yeah gr- i i should have written that down let me i'll take a look as you're Federico, obviously and somebody else who's probably more recent might have been seen might have been back as anyway um number three in goals number four in assists number three in points you said all this and then come, going on to coach for the blues so he had a huge role in this organization for 15 years um i guess i guess it's just the the time that he played and the fact that he, you know, never had never had that impact, never was quote unquote the best player on his team that maybe held him back. But man, I thought he was a guarantee to be one or two on this list, and he made it, but barely. Um, and I'm surprised to see that for sure. So uh, games played, I I was even thinking I didn't want to say it because I didn't so, want to sound stupid, but um, I would have been right. Uh, Barrett Jackman, number two, eight oh three. Oof. Yep. Yeah. Right in the right in the fields. Um, yeah. And one more one more thing about Brian Sutter, and I say this with all all due respect to Bob Poiger, who is obviously also a franchise legend. But when you talk about on ice impact, uh, that you know the difference they made on as a player on ice, uh, Sutter is obviously miles ahead of of Poiger, and I'm sure Bobby would have said that himself in his day. Um, and you know, it's it's just interesting to think about how their legacies compare when people look back. And obviously, Sutter didn't, you know, spend his whole life in the organization in quite the same way Plager did, but gave most of two decades to the team, you know, and, and yep. wore the blues on his sleeve for a long time. And so um, strange to me that he is no higher than he is. Yeah, I um, I mean, I'll, I, I didn't see him play either. He was just before my time. But again, I'll uh, speak to what my dad used to tell me. My dad always told me him and Bob Plager were two of his favorite players of all time. He loved the rough and tumble guys. And Brian Sutter was that. He was your prototypical power left wing. Um, mm-hmm. the, the stories of the kid line of um, uh, Brian Sutter, Bernie Federko, and Wayne Babich on right wing. Um, that was a very prolific line when they came up together. And um, just barnstorm the league. I mean, these guys were putting pucks in the net like crazy. Unfortunately, this was the uh, the time when basically games were won eight to six. So not <laughs> a lot of defense getting played. But 
these three guys brought it every single night. Uh, Sutter and Federko played a ton together, um, pretty much their whole careers together. Um, I don't know if you read Bernie's latest book, My Blues Note. Uh, great read for anyone who hasn't yeah, read it. I haven't read all of it, but I need to. He talks about his friendship with Sutter and how they basically had a falling out and they really don't talk anymore. And mm. it's really sad to hear because, you know, he's tell he tells stories. If you talk to him and ask him about what was it like playing with Brian Sutter, he will talk to you for hours and have stories beyond stories about what the type of player and the type of guy Brian Sutter was. He's another one of those guys. And this is again, your prototypical hockey player thing. The fact that he would be the biggest dickhead. He would go out in the middle of the game and just punch the shit out of people, get thrown out of the game. But if you saw him after the game, he's signing autographs. He's talking (laughs) to the kids. He's, you know, going home. I remember hearing a story about him getting in a fight in a game, getting all bloodied, stitched up. It was an afternoon game. And then he went home and played street hockey with a bunch of kids. And he's his whole mm-hmm. face, he looks like fucking Frankenstein. You know, and it's like <laughs> the kids were terrified of him. But he's like, hey, you guys are playing street hockey. I'll come out with you. Like, it's just the kind of stuff you want to hear about hockey players. And it's unfortunate that, and from what I hear, he's not just like avoiding Federko or avoiding the Blues. From what yeah. I hear, he is just like happy to live on his farm, live out his days, and just not be involved in anything and yeah. uh you know a little bit different from his brothers because we, we do see them still floating around especially daryl um but yeah we we don't hear anything about brian sutter anymore and i think it's just he's happy where he's at he's done with his nhl career and he just wants to live out his days how he wants to kind of respect that to a certain extent but you do wish you could see him come out for some of these blues events because he was a massive part of blues history part of teams that really should have had better cup runs. Um, I forget what year it was. And and I know older fans are yelling at me right now. The year (laughs) that they always say they should have won the cup. I want to say 84 Uh, Mm -hmm. could be wrong. Then of course, you know, uh, we just, the goals, this guy scored, I should, I should pull up his playoff numbers, but I know he was a playoff performer too. So um, yeah, crazy. I'm with you, man. Left wing is fucking topsy-turvy crazy here. And and again, I'm not even saying that it's like, why is Kachuk at one? Why is Dimitra at two? Why is Piranha at yeah. three? Why is Sutter at four? It's more, there's so many ways this could have played out. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like if I put these polls up again tomorrow, it would be played out completely different than how they were right yeah. now. Because it's just a matter of, like, what type of player did you watch? What era did you grow up in? And, and I think that, you know, Brian Sutter is kind of lost in the shuffle because the other three guys were a little more recent, obviously Perron being way more recent. But, yeah, it is crazy to think this guy, who is number three, number four, number one, number five in, like, every blue statistic, yet he's the fourth in his position on this all-time team. It's crazy to see. Yeah, absolutely wild. So uh, our tweets uh, that I want to go ahead and give away our winner of the hang on. Let me, uh, let me grab it here. I love this shirt. I'm sad I never wore it. The winner of the don't ever open that Roman door from the famous uh, fight back about 10 years ago now in blues history. Yeah, you have won this shirt. 
if your tweet is this. <laughs> Coming from A. Fernando's world, uh, or A. Fernando's W-O-R-L-1, uh, and it actually has nothing to do with Sutter. It's just uh, I liked his response. He said, I picked Steen because he had a great all-around game. When Steen was on the ice, he defended against the best, captained the penalty kill, and wasn't a liability on offense. He played blues hockey every night and caused turnovers. The goal versus quick in L.A., that was his game. And uh, I got to tell you, A. Fernando, um, I'm with you. That, that to me, is the biggest omission here. I know it's crazy Brandon Shanahan's not here. You could even say it's a little crazy that maybe uh, Pavel Buchnevich or Jorgen Pedersen isn't here. But the fact that there's no steam... That blows my mind. He was a blue. I mean, he's a blue. He's just a blue. And he's, again, I think I think he makes the uh, the Hall of Fame team. I don't know what their stipulations are if you have to be retired by a certain amount of years. But I think he's on the Hall of Fame team or Hall of Fame ballot, and he makes it this year. I think he gets in. Like, that's how much of a blue he was. So to see him not make this team. Holy shit, right? What the fuck are you people thinking? (laughs) I'm just, I'm going to preach from my soapbox because I did put him number one. But this is insane. I mean, I know there are are wild card spots or whatever you call them, utility spots. Hopefully he will hold down one of those. I think he will. Fourth all time in games played. Sixth all time in points. Uh, this is a guy, you know, seventh all-time in goals created. Um, he's up there at the top of every leaderboard that there is pretty much sixth all-time and even strength goals. Um, uh, tons of moments. His decision, his willingness to go down to the fourth line and play uh, in that in that Stanley Cup winning season was really a transformer. I really think, you know, we talk about uh, the Sanford thing Um and the Bortuzzo fight a lot. And I hope, I hope most people are doing it kind of tongue in cheek. It certainly annoys me when people are like, no, that's the thing that won us the cup. That's the one thing that did it. (laughs) Um, That always drives me crazy. But I do think, I think it gets slept on how big a deal it was for Steen to just say, look, I've been a leader on this team. And I know there were always rumors in the bushes about factions and who was, who was saying what to whom and did what with which and all that stuff in terms of who wanted to be captain, putting all that aside, the man said, I don't love it, but I'll play on the fourth line and I'll play well there. And I will lead that unit to be what this team needs me to be. And they did it throughout the postseason. that, that whole team, when you look back at that cup run, which I know we're not allowed to do, but when you do that and you think about the players on that team, every man played their role and that more than anything i think is what you need to win a stanley cup you need the stars you need the big performers you need the goaltending but you need a whole 20-man roster of players that are doing their part whatever their part is whether it's jake allen being the goalie in warm-ups being ready to go if anything goes down all the way up to tarasenko and o'reilly and the guys who are your true stars and i think steen led the way that season and saying 
There's a lot of egos here. There's a lot of conflict. Obviously, there was a lot of tension early on with that team. Um, but I'm going to put my ego aside and, and play a role. I don't really want to play because it's for the better of the team and because we have a new coach that I want to believe in. All of that is just kind of what we know of behind the scenes. But the numbers alone on 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 the surface should have gotten him on this list to me, like without question. We're talking yeah, again. I, he's sixth all time in points and fourth all time in games played. Like, with all due respect well, and, to Kachuk and Demetra, how do you not put him ahead of those guys? Well, we talk about recency bias, and and uh, I know that, and that was a, a conversation that the Kurt and I had. Recency bias plays against Steen, I think, because so many people were like, "Look at how overpaid this guy is," and he's on the fourth line. Like people mm-hmm. who didn't know that behind the scenes story that he was yeah. like. Yeah, put me on the fourth line. Put me down there. I'll play. Because he was always a good defensive player. And mm-hmm. and he was a great two-way guy. And I loved him on the penalty kill, even in his older years. I thought he yeah. was great on the PK. But you know, the thing that I stand at and look at is how he got the Blues through some pretty dark years, too. I feel mm-hmm. like the Blues turnaround came with that trade of Lee yeah. Stempniak for Carlo Koliakovo and Alexander Steen. And... I remember the day I was working at a small company at the time, and I remember my boss coming in. Called Google, yes, yes, yeah, very small company. Yep. (laughs) Now I I remember uh, my boss coming in and 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 looking at me and going, "Have you seen? Have you looked at your phone?" And you know, me trying to be a good college employee, I'm like, "No, I don't look at my phone during the day." What, sir? Yeah, I don't even have a a phone. Device. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I left that at home. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but he's like, Hey, uh, did you see it? I'm like, no, no, what happened? And he's like, uh, the blues just, uh, made a trade with the Maple Leafs. Looks like Stemniak's going out. And I thought, Oh, they're, you know, rebuilding again. They're getting another draft pick, whatever. He's like, no, they got, uh, Alexander Steen and Carlo Koliakovo. And I'm like, and who else did the blues send? And he's like, That's it. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I was like, instantly, Steen is already better. And, you know, I know a lot of people like to make fun of Koliakovo and the GIF and all that. But that was an upgrade on defense. So I'm like, holy shit, that's a great fucking trade. And Steen steps in and instantly became a fan favorite because of the way he played his hustle, his speed, his shot. I mean, let's, let's face it, you know, people, when the Blues were rebuilding, Love to make fun of Steen for shooting into shin guards and uh, shooting wide. But the thing the Blues didn't have at that time was somebody who shot the puck. And that's what Steen did. He would come in on the wing and take a shot. That's what the Blues needed. And he was monumental in being a part of those teams. I remember uh, early on in like 2012, 2013, somewhere in that time frame, um, he had like 12 goals in eight games to open the year. And it was just like, this guy's going to score 50 goals. Holy shit. And, you know, clearly he slowed down. And, yes, he had his injury problems. But that wasn't that long ago. So it shocks me that people have already forgotten the contributions that guy made, let alone when he was older, but the contributions when he was in his prime and Mm -hmm. on that Blues top line. I mean, he was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy – First of all, I just had to shout out Carlo Koliakovo, who on our podcast we refer to as Floaty Bones for his <laughs> uh, his penchant to get injured very frequently. But um, that's a, people forget that Alex Steen had already played three 
entire NHL seasons as uh, for the Maple Leafs. This wasn't some unproven young kid. I mean, obviously Toronto had some doubts about him, weren't sure how bright his future was, but he wasn't a, a raw, you know, diamond in the rough prospect. He was a full-grown NHL player by the time we got him. Immediately came in, made an impact, just continued to mature. Uh, and this is also a guy that got, you know, a lot of talk for several years in a row there about being a Selkie Trophy guy. Never ended up all that high in the voting, but was one of those guys that you talked about as a truly great two-way forward. Um, fun. St- I have one Alex Petrangelo or Alex Steen story. Speaking of ghost protocol concussions in the middle of a career, he's another guy that was out for a very long time. And during that time, um, I uh, saw him at Deerberg's and uh, same, same Deerberg's I saw Chris Kerber at from the last podcast so that we've got through lines, you know, from podcast to podcast. Um, I think I told that story on the podcast. It might've been after or before, but in any case, it was funny because he wasn't, he was during, it was during his concussion rehab. So it wasn't like actively on ice all the time, obviously. And it was one of those, you, you know, how, again, you're walking opposite directions from them down the aisles, you're spinning and, and passing each other repeatedly. I'm like, I think that's Alex Steen. And then like, finally I looked at him. I hate to, I hate to admit this, but I looked at him, I saw the nose and I was like, that's Alex Steen. That's Alex <laughs> yeah. Steen for sure. Because he was like wearing a, like a winter hat. It was it was winter, so he's bundled up, you know, and obviously was uh, in the protocol or you know re- recovering to whatever extent he was recovering anyway. So, um, but you know, I never bothered him. I, I wouldn't do that in that situation. But um, you know, always seemed like a quiet guy. Maybe not the outspoken. Maybe not the energy guy that a Peron is. You know, but obviously really cared about this team. And it's funny, you mentioned the contract at the end. It's funny how quickly those things just disappear from your memory, man. Because, yeah, he had an awful contract at the end of his career. Um, he won us a cup, you know? Like, he didn't do it alone, obviously. But who cares, man? I, I've always said this. People talk about, like, I've seen some tweets this summer, and obviously uh, it felt just short, uh, although pretty significantly short. But I saw some tweets that were like, it doesn't matter what Bobrovsky's doing this summer. Uh, you know, it, he, it doesn't matter. His contract's still terrible, and it always will be. And I'm like, bro, if you guarantee me a cup win, I'll pay you anything. I don't care. Oh, like, yeah. If you win a cup for me and you're the major reason you win a cup for me, I'll pay I'll pay Zach Sanford eight. 10 million a year for eight years. If you I think I've actually that said that on this yeah. show that if yeah. <laughs> you tell me Zach Sanford will win us a Stanley cup, I will sign him for eight years, a hundred million. I don't yeah, care. Exactly. It does not matter to me. So uh, Steen obviously wasn't that one player that made it happen, but I do think his role was pivotal. Um, and with his career numbers, with the role he played, with how important he was to that whole era, uh, that quick goal alone and, and several other moments of his that were just, Highly memorable, incredible moments. Um, oh, second yeah. generation as well. Just crazy, crazy to think yep. that he did not yep. make this roster. Absolutely. I nice. agree. So I'll tell you, uh, we're going to talk about the panelist rankings here in a minute. But um, I'll tell you that in the 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 poll, uh, so he was in the poll with Demetra Perron and Buchnevich. The other poll was Sutter, Shanahan, Kachuk, and Pedersen. Um, in that poll, uh, Steen just missed out on the cut, but he didn't even make fifth. He was sixth. And that's because Shanahan and Sutter actually tied with total votes 
and just percentages. I had to do a lot of math mm-hmm. here actually to get this figured out. Cool. That's um, so yeah, I know, especially me. I'm an English graduate. Um, same, same, brother. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So it you down. Can feel the struggle. Oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, Sutter and Shanahan actually tied for that last spot. So I actually had to go back to the and and this was my my tiebreaker was where did the panel rank these guys? So I literally had to go back to the rankings and say who finished higher in the rankings. And Sutter was number one. Steen was number two. Uh, So he was ranked two by us. And so he didn't even make the team. Demetra three, Shanahan four. So that's where that tiebreaker came in. Sutter beat Shanahan in the rankings. So I'm like, I guess Sutter takes it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kachuk five, Perron six, Buchnevich seven, uh, Pedersen eight. So if I went straight by panelist rankings, this would have been Sutter, Steen, Demetra, Shanahan. And two of those guys didn't even make the fucking team. Yeah. It's crazy. Shanahan, too. I mean, I won't wax on as much as I did about Steen. Incredible. I mean, incredible that a player that good could not make your all-time roster. I think for me, I put him lower, um, and I think it's just a, a time-served situation for me. He just was not here um, that long. And, you know, obviously we would have loved for him to be here a lot longer. Thank you, NHL. But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, a huge impact while he was here. Um, very huge impact on the on the Janney family as well. So, you know, rep- represent for them. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, see, I know weird tidbits of, of, uh, of St. Louis Blues history. The infidelity go. stuff is got locked down. But, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, just wildly good player. Probably, yeah, I mean, I would say without question the best career of any of the players on this list overall. Um, yeah. But but not, didn't have it with the Blues or didn't have enough of it with the Blues to end up near the top of this rank. Yeah, so, um, oh, I did not put our actual rankings in here. So let me, uh, let me go through these real quick. So, uh, Steven, you actually went Steen, Sutter, Perron, uh, Kachuk, uh, Demetra, Shanahan, Buchnevich, Pedersen. Um, so yeah, you had Steen one. That. What's that? I feel pretty good about that. I got Yeah, I think so. That's not bad. Um, I don't think that's bad at all. So I went, uh, let's see. Mine was Sutter, Demetra, uh, Steen, Peron. Shanahan, uh, lost my spot. Sorry, Kachuk, <laughs> uh, Pedersen, Buchnevich. So my one was Sutter. My two was Demetra. Three was uh, oh god, I'm already losing my spot. Steen. So I had Steen as my number three, and I had Shanahan as my number five. So I actually, I actually, I'm with you. I had Shanahan missing the team as well, uh, but I had Steen make it. I think almost. <laughs> Every one of us had Steen in the top four. Uh, let's well, see. Lou Korak just, had him as number six. Well, Jason Martin had him as number six. Clearly Lou and has Rutherford had him as number five. Well, clearly so, those guys are unprofessional. They had some issue with him in the locker room. Clearly. Say, other than that. Spe- um, speaking of locker room Steen, I don't, I, I don't know if you can find any old videos of him in post-game interviews. I always mm-hmm. felt like he was, and I can say this now that he's retired. I always felt like he was um, 
uh, uh, Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights. <laughs> he didn't know what to do with his hands. Dude, I'm uh-huh. not kidding. I, you you watch his that, interviews. Yeah. He he does this the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's just rubbing his chest. <laughs> and and it's just like it's so it just takes you out of the interview when you're standing there and you're like trying to ask a serious question and the guy's just going, "Well, um uh, you know, we played well." And I'm just like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Like I wanted to be like, "What what the fuck are you doing?" So I always felt like he didn't know what to do with his hands. <laughs> yeah, I see that now that you're saying it. I kind of remember that. You know who also, you know. Uh, I think you just went on mute. Well, I love to do that. Am I fixed? Did there you go. Yeah, you're itself? good. You're good. Okay, sorry about that. Alex Petrangelo, face toucher. He loved, he'd touch his face all the time when he was speaking. And like one of these, you know, which yeah. really obscured He's went mute again, bud. I'm sorry. I don't know what's there happening. There you go. My cord's loose. All right. I won't touch anything. I'm being very careful now. But in any case, yeah, lots of weird interview truths. Be, be a steen and just rub your chest. You won't That's touch right. the, the microphone. <laughs> <Apparently>. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, this was uh, this was this. I, I think this is the oddest one we're going to see is left wing. I mean, when when we and, and I'll tell you that in the Twitter polls, when the Shanahan, the one with Shanahan went up, which was, uh, excuse me, let me look. It was the one with Sutter, Shanahan, Kachuk, and Pedersen. Right away, Kurt posts, like, it was within two hours. He's like, where's the love for Shanahan here? Because that's one mm-hmm. of his favorite players of all time. And I can't believe this. And then somebody else commented, like, where's the love for Sutter? Because it was mm-hmm. all going to Kachuk. And we're like, and I'm like, I know this is weird. It started to level out more, and obviously Sutter makes the team. Shanahan uh, would have made the team if it wasn't mm-hmm. for uh, Demetra and Perron doing so well in the other poll. But yeah, like it was so weird, and it was the other poll too was the same. Like at first, Steen wasn't getting any votes, and I'm like, what is happening here? This is so crazy. So it, it I think left wing is clearly gonna be the weirdest one right wing shaping out more than i was expecting like i i think that's more of us like okay that's that's how i expect it to go we'll see how center goes but yeah left wing this one was nuts i feel like not to get into right wing too much but i feel like i will be floored if one and two aren't one and two on that list and then beyond i think everyone will be yeah (laughs) yeah but then beyond that i'll uh, you know maybe there's a little more room for negotiation I agree. So, uh, yeah. So, and we, we talk about, uh, other players that were considered, uh, we've got Brendan Shanahan, Alexander Steen, obviously Jorgen Pedersen, Jeff Courtnall, Jaden Schwartz, Patrick Berglund, Gino Schwartz is a guy I'm very surprised to see didn't get a little more love than he got. So I'm not sure if you were on the show, we talked about that. So actually, uh, him and Buchnevich were tied to be the eighth, person uh to make the team and the tiebreaker was we asked the let's go blues radio folks to to say who should make it and uh so that so uh, the problem with having four people on let's go blues radio that ended up tied so i had to go to the second tiebreaker which was i went back to the original uh team pickings by each let's go blues radio member and said uh-huh. okay how many did Schwartz get from from the four of us, and how many did Buchnevich get? 
So Buchnevich got votes from Bill Day and Austin Lynch. Schwartz only got a vote from Austin Lynch. So neither Kurt or I picked either of them to even make the team. Uh, but, yeah, it was shocking to not see Jaden Schwartz at least yeah. considered to make this team for the polls. Yeah, definitely. And we saw a couple of people say this, and I think you might agree. Pablo Buchnevich, when it's all said and done, you know, 10 years, 15 years down the road, he might be the best left wing the Blues have ever had. So yeah. I think it's just at this point, it's too early in his Blues career to to anoint him in that role. But when it's all said and done, I think he clearly will make this team in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, we got to lock him down here after this season. Uh, hopefully we do, but otherwise I see nothing stopping him because he is very, very good. Thank you for giving him to us for nothing, New York. Great yep. job. And congrats on the Peter Laviolette hire. That's extreme wave mediocre. Good job. <laughs> 100%. Uh, but yeah, Gito Cavallini, uh, Buchdavich, uh, Braden Shen got a vote at left wing, but uh, he lies. was more considered. What's that? I said lies. Just yeah, we he's more considered a center, so we'll see if he makes that center team. Uh, and then Red Berenson also got a vote on left wing, but he was also somebody who's, I think, more considered for center. Um, and I'll, I'll add here, too, and I think I might have mentioned it last week. When I had the panelists go through this, I had a something called the Pavel Dimitra role, or I'm sorry, Pavel Dimitra rule, where I thought Which the position he played. Role. Yes, yes, that's true. Um, I thought he played more center and right wing than he did left wing. So I gave the panelists an option to move him from the left wing position that he was in in, in the 35th anniversary <laughs> team and then vote uh, basically another left wing. So that is the only reason I will say that Patrick Berglund received a vote from a panelist. That was this guy here because I invoked the Pablo Dimitra rule, moved him to right wing, and then I was able to vote for five left wings and Berglund was my fifth. So having said that, anyone who's like, why is Berglund on there? Of course, it's the Berglund apologist that uh, voted mm-hmm. him on. <laughs> I love I love Patrick Berglund. Uh, I don't think he's quite in the waters of some of these other guys, but I do love him. I'm with you. Uh, so, again, um, making it to the final six, Brennan Shanahan, Alexander Steen, Jorgen Pedersen, Pavel Buchnevich, uh, they were all included in the Twitter poll and clearly did not make it. And I will say again, we'll see how center and right wing work out. Um, we do have three spots for utility, so three spots that uh, players will have a chance to still make at the end of all this to fill out a full roster. Um I got to think one, if not two left wings are included in those three spots with how, mm-hmm. how high, how close these polls were. I think that we will see at least one, if not two left wings make that maybe even three, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. It can be. I mean, there's a lot of options here that are crazy that they didn't make this list. You're crazy yep. about Alex Steen people. You're crazy. I, that blew right by my him. mind. <laughs> I can't get over it. Like yeah. I even told Kurt or uh, it might have been Bill. I don't know. I told somebody before we started recording that I was like, I we could literally have an entire show just talking about why Alexander Steen deserves to be on this team. Like, let's do it. I was Man. like, I was like, yeah. Stephen and I could probably <laughs> do a four hour show tonight. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's sure. nuts. That dude is such a big part of Blues history. I mean, not just, like you said, not even the cup win. The quick goal. Is that not one of the most celebrated goals in Blues history? Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a thousand. There's a thousand reasons that he should be on 
should be on the team. Yep. And again, I, I think wanna... when the Blues do their their Hall of Fame inductions this year, I think Alexander Steen, if he's eligible, I think he's on it. I, I think yep. that he was that important to this team. He'll be first ballot for sure. Yep. Uh, so our next poll will be, uh, uh, well, well, okay. So I guess I should say right now, um, I switched the polls to starting on Mondays. So right now uh, we have uh, Sunday is the last day for the second poll of right wing. So we wrapped up the first one. Uh, that was a convincing win for one certain player. I, I don't. I don't think anybody would guess who that was, um, yeah, no, but yeah. we went blues. Gloria. Um, was it um, Magnus pay RV? Perhaps it, it, it's very possible that number 56 <laughs> makes this team. We'll see. Uh, but right now, if you go to our Twitter poll, it is Vladimir Tarasenko, David Backus, TJ Oshie and Scott Young, all fighting for uh, spots on this team. Uh, the next poll will be available coming up this Monday. We'll have our first center poll. And, uh, Stephen, you had mentioned, I just sent out earlier today, actually, to all of our panelists, uh, rankings for these centers. So yeah. it will be interesting to see how these guys slot in because, yeah, there's been some damn good centers in the Blues history. Yeah, this is going to be every bit as tough as left wing was, I think, in yeah. some way. That'll be interesting to see. So, again, uh, make sure you jump over on Twitter. Uh, and if you are not on Twitter but you're on Facebook, go to our Facebook page, Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, and then uh, there will be a link shared there that uh, sends you over to that Twitter poll. If you want to comment there on why you the, voted the way you did, whether on Twitter or that Facebook page or Facebook uh, uh, post, wow. That's ridiculous. I couldn't remember that word. Uh, make sure you tell us why you voted the way you did or why you didn't vote uh, for a certain player. And you could have your comment featured on the show as we did tonight, and you could win a prize. Um, I have the other prize for next week here. Let me grab it. It's a Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, mini. It's it's one of the, the Hot Wheels. <laughs> Very uh, no, actually, this this is what I should have given away tonight since we're talking about left wings, but a signed Tony Twist. Uh, very photo. nice. That's cool. I like that yeah. a lot. Yep. So very nice. Tony Twist signed photo of him, him in the clown jersey. So if you like the clown jerseys, that's the perfect gift for you. So make sure that's you get right. over and comment on those polls. All right. Well, we have our left wings, sir. We've got, pa I'm sorry, uh, Keith Kachuk. Pavel Dimitra, David Perron, and Brian Sutter. Uh, Steven, I know we could talk all night about the guys that didn't make it, but uh, any closing thoughts on the three or the four guys that did make this team? I, as someone who accidentally referenced January 6th on this podcast for reasons passing understanding, I <laughs> demand justice for Alex Steen. I will not storm the Capitol to get said justice because I'm a law-abiding citizen, but I might storm the Capitol of Sweden because I feel like theirs would be very easy to storm, you know, and they'd probably give me like some some meatballs or something if I got in there. So, um, no, I mean, I, it's still crazy to me. All respect to the four guys who made it. It's not easy for me to be here, sit here and be like, well, that guy certainly shouldn't be on, but Steve should. But I could say that about at least three of the guys. Like, you know, like three of the guys that I think Steen should be above Sutter. I put him above Sutter personally, but I certainly see the argument for having Sutter first, which makes it even crazier that he's fourth. So very topsy-turvy upside down. 
I feel like to me, the center will be more of a, which of these all equally deserving guys gets through, you know, versus like, Hey, these guys seem like they're in reverse order of what they should be, which is more how it was with left wing. Um, but still cool. And I hope that the people demand that the special guest tr- contributor gets to come back to do more of these episodes. Cause they're a lot of fun. We'll see if our uh, two listeners will want you. Yeah, let let the popular voice rise in resistance. I'm I'm in a very apparently I'm a very insurrectiony mood tonight. Yeah, good lord! Uh, might need to alert the authorities. Uh, Can you send me your address, Stephen? Yeah, I will halfway. Although, uh, to be fair, these polls and the people who won them for left wing are proof that democracy doesn't work. So you know. That's an excellent closing thought, sir. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Happy to help. Yep. All right. Well, yeah, and I'll say, um, and again, I I actually don't, when I look at it, I think if it were, and I'll just look at the four, if the rankings were Sutter, oh boy, Sutter, Kachuk, <laughs> Peron, Demetra, it's hard to put mm. Demetra's four. But I yeah. would understand that. I think it's more just Sutter not being one, and even number two is what really blows my mind. The fact yeah. that, like, you look at the numbers, there's no question. He is one of the best left wings. I mean, he didn't have a super long career, but mm-hmm. if he would have, I mean, he'd be right up there in the conversation as one of the best left wings to ever play the game, let alone yeah. just for this franchise. So it's it's crazy to see, but... As you said, these all all these guys are deserving. It's not like a Zach Sanford worked his way in here, but it's still just like, what is happening? How did some of these guys, you know, again, Steen, Shanahan, and then Sutter falling to four, and um, it just it's it's crazy to see. But all deserving members, and this has been a lot of fun to do, and it's been fun having you, Stephen, to do all this. Um, we got divide by zero with a comment that I have not read yet. So hopefully it's not too perverse. Uh, he says, honestly, it's recency bias. It's hard to explain Sutter to someone who didn't see that era of blues hockey. That is a great point. Um, and then uh, I think earlier in the show, Matthew Carpenter over on Facebook said, if Brian Sutter isn't one of them, it's criminal. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think that, uh, if he wouldn't have made this team, I would have been like, you know what? Let's just throw it all out the window. This was a terrible idea. Uh, we're not doing an all-time team. <laughs> with this team, without Brian Sutter, it just shouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. The Vegas Golden Knights, by the way, 35 seconds away from being crowned Stanley Cup champions with a 9-3 to victory. They did have a oh, goal for Oh, my. Yeah, I turned it off. After and Mark Stone just had a hat trick. Just closed a hat trick, I believe. Nine. So oh my god they annihilated the panthers in this series Whew. Yeah. god so damn crazy, man you go so far and you still come so short like yeah man I well still, hey I can't, they... go ahead when i when i think about we went blues day man i cannot imagine what my life would be like if they had not won that series like it's impossible to consider yeah I mean, well, I'll say for Panthers fans, at least they got to to win a game. They got swept last time they were in the final. At least they got to enjoy the moment, and it was an overtime win. Um, you know, that's a huge moment. I mean, you remember, yes, if they w- don't cap it off with a cup win, it would have been sad. But 
getting that win, Carl Gunnarsson scoring in overtime. I mean, that I celebrated that so fucking hard. That was such a great moment. Absolutely. The uh, Golden Knights are Stanley Cup champions. I will say it's cool to see Bruce Cassidy, not because I'm a huge fan of Bruce Cassidy necessarily, but I love any team that fires, that scapegoats a coach getting their comeuppance. And for all the success that Boston had this year, they could not put away the Florida Panthers and Bruce Cassidy's team did it with relative ease. Um, So good for him. Bill Kessel with his third Stanley Cup. Jack Eichel, feel good story, Barbershop Petrangelo. I mean, there are some players and people I like on the Golden Knights. I just don't like that organization being rewarded for the way they run. Me neither. And I'm and and I know that Blues fans are just going to use this as more fire that Petrangelo's gone and won a cup. I mean, I I understand that. I understand the uh, people being upset about it, but at the same time, I'm still a Petro guy. I'm still a fan of his. I love the way he plays and. Um, I will always respect him for being the first blue to ever truly touch the Stanley Cup. Um, so I'm happy for him, and obviously I'm happy for Barbashev. Divide by zero says here, got to feel great for Barbashev and Petro. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. Uh, actually, <laughs> divide by zero, I got to give you a shit. You spelled it Peter Angelo. Who's that? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> doing the, uh, doing the, what's his name? I can't um, the ball guy. The ball guy. Uh, real quick, I, I swear we can be done, but just want to say Ivan Barbashev and Aiden Hill made themselves a shit ton of money for this summer. Oh, yeah. Um, and also speaking of the MVC panel, I just had to point out because I think this is hilarious that the Philadelphia Flyers added Patrick Sharp to their front office today. And I think they literally just watched an NBCSN broadcast from like 2018. And we're like, that's it. That's who we want. That's, that's it. Give us Keith Jones. Give us, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they need Catherine Tappan and Liam McHugh to, yep. to fill out the, the panel. But yeah, just hilarious <laughs> to me. that I hate NHL front offices so much. Oh, it's the old boys club. It's yeah. fucking obnoxious. I'm with you, man. Yeah. We we bitch about that on this show. I mean, again, we're we're applauding Armstrong, and hopefully he stays true to his word. It sounds like he wants to bring in some fresh faces, not retreads for assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's the case because I'm tired of seeing the same fucking people shuffle around the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't work this year with McTavish, so probably no. Probably please. Yeah, so. Oh, who's another fucking retread? Mike Keenan, bring him back as assistant coach, right? Why not? Hey, you know, Peter Laviolette's off the market, so we're safe there. Mm-hmm. But, God, good point. Oh, I could, I'm not going to, but I could go a good 15 minutes on Peter Laviolette. You can come over to the Two Guys One Cup podcast if you want those spicy takes. Let's do it. I'd love to. That sounds awesome. For sure. <laughs> Count me in. Um, all right. Well, uh, Steven, I, I just want to say thank you again for coming on. I know we do this every week, but, uh, just in <laughs> case we have some listeners that maybe have only been tuning in sporadically, um, where can they find two guys, one cup? Well, you can find it on Twitter at two guys, one cup. Although I'm thinking about changing that handle to at special guest contributor after this <laughs> week. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll be over there on Thursday talking about, I'm sure the Stanley cup looking ahead to the draft talking about uh maybe some maybe some i think you should leave maybe some taylor Swift. who knows it's it gets crazy over there you oh know? yeah so. good old t-, t swift you gotta love the t swift that's right you got it yep every time i see that pop up on netflix the i think you should leave i think of you guys so i uh, i need to turn it on sometime you should it's it's truly strange prepare yourself but I, <laughs> oh i, I love think, strange i think you'll like it i i 
our senses of humor are close enough that I think you'll really enjoy it. Oh, good. Well, I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, we're going to time to wrap her up, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you to those who uh, who are popping in now. I think they're popping in now because they're like, oh, this is about the time they normally go live. <laughs> uh, so we're starting to get some comments. So uh, sorry, guys. We went a little early tonight. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll be back probably at our normal time. Uh, probably our next live show. I don't know if it'll be next week or the week after. But, again, as Steven just uh, alluded to, we're getting to draft time. We're getting to free agency time. Fun time of the year for hockey fans. I think it's going to be a fun summer for Blues fans. Whether fun means to you that you can bitch about the team or whatever, uh, it's uh, it's going to be a good time to be talking Blues hockey. So uh, stay tuned to us. And, of course, two guys, one cup as well. Um, and we'll be talking about all that stuff. And, of course, throughout the summer, we'll be revealing more of these Blues all-time teams. So stay tuned to us on social media. We'll let you know uh, when you can hear those shows. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com and get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Mike Burgoyne from Real Brokerage Realty. Visit strikewithmike.com today for all your home buying and selling needs. That's strikewithmike.com. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's tasty hockey-themed beer. Check out your local beer vendors for availability. That's Center Ice Brewery beer. Please drink responsibly. That will epi- uh, that will wrap up Episode 8 of Season 12 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. For Stephen Ground... And uh, Kirk Price and producer Austin and Bill Day. I'm Jeff Ponder, and this was Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, win a goddamn game, Cardinals City. Stop tying shitty teams. <laughs> Steven, what are, you, what are your closing thoughts? Uh, I'm, I'm with you on both of those, man. Uh, that was a rough tie this weekend, but they'll get it back. They're, they're a good team. We just need Klaus back. We need all his glory if we need him to get healthy. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. All right, send him the magic elixir. And Klaus, we trust. And Klaus, we trust. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. (laughs) You thought I was going to say, son of a bitch, didn't you?